Welcome back to Dice and Salt. I'm Lord Richter. And I'm Lady Toast. And we're here for episode 103, a blast furnace from the past. Sorry, folks. <laughs> it's okay. I'm a little slow this morning. That's okay. We're kind of, this is our third episode to record in the same week. <laughs> since it we is. Have. It is. We're trying to catch up, get a backlog built up and, uh, you know, stay up with yep. the boys on all their cleverness. And uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been but, a fun uh, ride. It has been a fun ride. It's a lot of episodes to listen to in like three days. <laughs> I think it was like three. So that's a lot. Yeah. I wish every day could be like this for me. Just listen to three episodes of them, you know, an episode a day for the rest of my life. That's all I ask. Yeah. I mean, we just need them to record every single day. That's right. And release it every single day. Get on it, Inspired Incompetence. Get on it. <laughs> All right. Well. All right. So we're back in that room. It. And Alex yeah, has some the, more description as we open. The oven room. The oven room. <laughs> There's only ovens on one side. I think he said the east side. I think so, yeah. It's just along that wall. Yep. And the middle one is the one that was on. Yeah, the big middle one. The main oven, yeah. he said. So, even ickier. Yep. Ugh. And we open up with troublemakers from the boneyard, says the mummified undead psychopomp. I can't remember the name of the psychopomp. M something. Marm. Whatever. Yeah, I don't remember what it was either. It's weird. <laughs> it, it is a weird one. They say it a lot in the episode. You'll get it. Yeah. We were obviously distracted by things that come up later to remember the name of the, the thing that died. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. With the mummy wrap that grabbed... I remember Elsie shouldering her way through, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, to get to the front and then delivers the womp critical 52 points of damage, which unfortunately this thing has some DR, so it got cut down to 42, but still womp. It feels like we need to get Elsie some adamantine antlers then. Yeah, or that uh, Just... what magic fang. <laughs> Is that the spell that uh, beefs the up the magic uh, fang. greater magic fang claws and teeth? That can, I mean, come on, that's got to work on Elsie, right? Alex can make so. that I go. I think it would. Yeah. I, I think it would work. Just I think it would too. Cast it. I think it's in the spirit of the uh, of the deal there. Yeah. And then uh, they try and attack it, but they basically flail around after Elksie womps it. So a whole round goes by uh. and everybody's flailing and <laughs> it goes, well, nobody hit me hard except that. Well, so it, Alex tries to skip both Uhtred and Teoblith in that round. He did. He wants. I think he might be turning on Elksy, to be honest. He's kind of fickle that way. I've seen how what he does with his PCs and War for the Crown. He's, uh, you know, short attention span, that boy. Yeah, because he tried to get the mummy to wail on Elksy, and, and he's like, oh, maybe I skipped Teoblith. And he's like, yeah, you did. And then Teoblith was a little ineffectual. I think he did damage. It just wasn't. A little ineffectual. Wow. Man, you <laughs> think... are just sass and brass this morning toast compared to the 52 points you know reduced to 42 that elxy did teobliss 21 reduced to 11 wasn't that much it wasn't enough to get her to not you know hit elxy hard oh man folks i want to apologize apparently uh toast has you know opened the can of i'm straightening the world out and uh she opened it this morning so uh <laughs> we're getting it right here Okay. This is what we sure. call the untoasted toast right here. Yeah, I haven't had breakfast yet. <laughs> oh, and she's hangry. Oh. 
That's fine. Anyway, the mummy does uh, dish out some pretty pretty significant damage to, to Elksy. Who wasn't completely healed from no, the, the she past wasn't. fight. Well, thank you, Gallowspire, for screwing everybody over on that one. Yep, yep. <sighs> and thank you, Nick, for uh, you know waiting till the last possible moment to potentially use the spike. <laughs> Not like right. right at first when you could get the mat, you know, you could use the fewest number of spells or abilities and get the maximum effect because you have all your spells and abilities. Well, they got it eventually. They did, they did. But I digress. I just, yeah. But uh, I, I guess the big thing for this combat that we have to talk about is that uh, critical fumble that Joe got. Oh, God, Joe. Yeah. Uh, there was so much. That went awry with that, <laughs> to be honest, so much. First, yeah, you know, not using the power dice from the start, Joe. So what we told you to do last week. I did. Or, I authorized it last, last week. week. Heck, uh, Elsie was using the toast dice when, uh, you know, she delivered her beatdown. Exactly. I mean, come on. They just, my, do- my dice just play both sides. <laughs> <sighs> Your dice are fickle. My dice are bisexual. Ooh. <laughs> damn. There's some cinnamon toast going on here. Got to have a little spice with that toast in the morning. Good Lord. <sighs> I'm not old enough for this podcast, folks. I got to leave. Okay. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he critically fails and uh, confirms, and they pull, like, one of the worst. Uh, I mean, decapitation's pretty bad because it kills the character, but this one's pretty bad too because it destroys the weapon if you yeah don't what is that bullshit safe. i don't know i don't know who made this or if it's a, a normal thing in their in the deck i bought several of those coffee crit cards because i wanted to throw a few in there I, I thought of a couple that i thought would be fun and i was all worried they'd be imbalanced and then you know reminding me of decapitation and then yeah this thing which is i break your weapon because you yeah. know i'm a shit and I'm like, holy crap, my stuff it's, was it's so not, not even, underpowered or broken. It's not even weapon is broken. It's weapon is destroyed. I, yeah, like no, cannot, no. I, he sorry. can't repair it. You're, you're right. It's irreparable. <laughs> it's gone. I think a wish yeah, maybe or something. I don't know. but it, it Maybe. But yeah, it's, regardless, oh. they, I, I have some issues with what they did because they did not do it right. Just so you know, <laughs> I was screaming at the mic. Or screaming at the speaker as the episode was going. First, that Joe didn't use, you know, wasn't on it with the hero point in the first place or his lucky reroll in the first place. Right. That then he reveals, oh, I'm not even clutching the power dice like I should be. I guess I'll go to those now. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, you pull them off the bench. They've been cold. They've been sitting there and you're expecting them to do super perform. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And then... When they're doing the calculations based on the information they provided, I didn't stop the listening to go look anything up. Uh, um, see, I, I did. Uh, well, I thought you might, which is also why I <laughs> didn't do that because I figured you'd take care of it for us. I did because I'm I'm a so... slacker that way. <laughs> so I was like, but it doesn't. You know, it's not just the bonuses. It's not just the bonuses and whatnot. As I'm, you know, hearing this thing unfold and. Oh dear God! It's you know such a shit roll and you know blah blah blah. Anyway, yeah. take it away, Toast. Explain it to us, please. So his weapon's a plus two wounding scythe, which it is. You know the way they did it, 
is technically correct if it wasn't wounding. The the plus two gives it a caster level of six, which gives it a plus three. And with the uh, plus two from the rule, would give it a plus five. However, wounding makes it a caster level ten. Why does wounding it, make it a caster level ten? It's a higher spell, I think. Well, now it's a high, it's it's, a, it's not a higher level bonus to put on a weapon, but I think it's a higher level effect. I, I, I okay, right. I had, I, I had someone explain it to me, and I just I don't remember exactly what they told me. Okay, so um, I kind of followed that. But the wounding is that when I wounding, go look up the wounding thing in the weapon, then I'm going to find it requires a certain spell or something. And it, yeah, it requires a, a specific spell that requires a specific caster level. I think. Got it. And it's okay. Higher, and it's higher than a, just a plus two bonus. Got it. So it so, makes it makes the weapon a caster level ten. Okay. Which means so its bonus so so technically, been, what they did, so I can understand this. Yeah. Is if you have the plus two weapon, and you have mm-hmm. wounding, which is a plus two bonus, then all you would need is a caster level of six. If it that's all that was in that package but if since wounding requires two. a specific yeah. spell mm-hmm. that you have to have in order to do the wounding uh enchant that spell has a higher requirement which is the one that you use and therefore correct right okay which i believe so would I have brought him up by four more points two more points two more points oh it's half half caster level yeah it's You're right. half so he technically instead of getting a plus five you would have gotten a plus seven how but, do you how did you account for as I recall that Scythe having like human bane and some other nifty powers like some once a day shit? It I mean, might have been from the ghoul using the scythe. No, I thought the whole I mean I thought the explanation on the scythe was pretty it was pretty beefy all the way around. I mean I thought. Maybe I'm misremembering all the abilities of the scythe. So I looked it up. The rule is that magic items always get saving throws. Uh, a magic item's fortitude, reflex, and will are equal to two plus half its caster level. But there's a second part to this rule that says an attended magic item is either makes a saving throw. Ah. An attended magic item either makes saving throws as its owner or uh, as its own bonus, whichever is better. So I guarantee you that Randolph's reflex bonus is better than a plus seven. And I was right because I asked. Pretty sure he has a plus plus eleven, which um, oh ouch, made, that's you know, another four. So that's another six off that thirteen to make it a nineteen. Right. Unfortunately, that doesn't bring him up enough to pass. Well, yeah. So he he rolled a six, and with the original bonus that they gave him, he had a five plus his hero point of plus eight, which gave him nineteen, and his bonus. For his save would have added plus six to that roll, which only gives, brings him up to twenty-five, which unfortunately still fails. So I tried, Joe, to save your scythe, but your low roll screwed you over, and I'm so sorry. We loved you, Joe. We tried. Yeah. So I mean, it, not it that is, Alex would have retconned it anyway, because you know that's the kind of guy uh, he is. Hardcore on something on something that big that affects that he might have done something. He may not have retconned it completely. He might have just given it the broken condition, but as I said, it's it does still fail. So that's yeah, sad. I, yeah, he needed to roll apparently at least a thirteen with his bonus and the hero point. So he needed to roll a thirteen. Holy crap! That's a. I mean, you know, you're right around that fifty-fifty mark. 
a little little better mm-hmm. than that. But you're right at that that mark. Damn, that's brutal. Yeah. Brutal. So, it is still destroyed, which sucks. But I did try because it didn't sound right, and I was right. It wasn't right. But even when we get it right, it's still broken. <laughs> yep. Yep. Still falls way short. That's why you hold the power dice all the time, Joe. Yep. But, you got to uh, give them the love when you game. <laughs> So that when you need them on crunch time, they're fired up. They're ready to go. What happened to Life Coach Joe? <laughs> Life Coach Joe just had his whole world shattered. Life Coach Joe just pulled a hamstring and is done for the year. <laughs> but uh, I guess they kind of go on to defeat the mummy, which is They nice. do defeat her, and just in time, because Elksy is apparently in trouble. Real trouble when she's grappled. Yes. So they, they just drop her. Boom. I believe it's Teoblith. Yeah. That just drops her, just in time. Yeah, with his, I think it's because of his arrows bypassing her DR that he drops her. Yeah. Because I yeah, think his last uh, shot actually missed. And if it wasn't for the DR, she would have had another turn. Oof. So, so Elksy dodges a bullet again. Yeah. So the party and, tank is doing her job, and the party is not all over it, backing her up. Yeah, and then they get mad at her for taking hits, which... I, I don't understand why they would get mad at the tank for taking hits, but okay. They're just struggling with their own inadequacies. That's all it is. Yeah, they okay. keep coming up Fair. short and, uh, you know. Yeah, but uh, I think they, they end up do using the spike at this point to, to actually do some healing, like you said earlier. Well, the first uh, thing they do is Tiablith checks out the oven and sees what's in the oven. Oh, right. I forget they did that first. They, they, go and do, they do that first, and Tiablith is like, whoa, there's something in there. And yeah. so he, you know, comes they back and leave it, huh? They almost no, they left almost it in leave there. It, but then he comes back and he casts energy resists on everybody but Arginus <laughs> to pay him back for the everybody but Arginus or but Tiablith. Oh, and Arginus too. Haste earlier in the in the right. fight, or was that was that actually the fight before this one? That was the fight before this one, no, wasn't I, it? Last episode? No, I thought it was this one. Was it this one? Okay. I'm pretty sure it was this one. So there's a little tit for tat going on there. So, a little inner party, yeah. you know, fighting. Everybody's got their panties in a knot, I guess. I guess. It was it was entertaining. Uh, I, I liked it. <laughs> but uh, tell us what they found. What did they pull out of the oven? They pull out of the oven and they cut it out, and it's a man with a snail shell on its back. It's the psychopomp we know and love, Keisha Keish. Yeah. Which baffled me, like, how on earth did he get here? Yeah, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, uh, okay, that's a twist I did not see coming. <laughs> no, no, didn't see that one at all. But then, you know, Keisha Keys has the explanation and it goes through, works great. And I'm like, oh, okay, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah that okay, makes total well. sense. And then uh, they get into a little discussion about how long Teable has been with them. Yeah, it's been like a week less. Well, that's what they say, except I think that it's been longer. Because remember, they find Teoblith at that weird archaeological site that used to right. be a fortress that got, you know, tainted against life. So it's a negative energy place and, right. and whatnot. They find him there, and then he goes and walks off the cliff and, you know, brings up the dragon. And yeah, then I, I swear... it was a two-day walk f- between those two places, too. Right. And then they got to walk over to uh, the Gallo Gardens because right, they got to get is... there, which I think is another two or three days. Yeah. Okay, so now we're at four, and then I'm pretty sure they spent four or five days just getting to where they are in Gallowspire right now, because they've 
this is their second day in or their third day in? Second day in, right? Uh, third, I think. Because they went out and camped again, right? So, so this is their third day actually in Gallaspire, and it took them, I think, four days, three, four days to get to the crater. Right. So if my math is right, and it's four days from archaeological dig to the Gala Garden, and then four days in the Gala Garden, that's eight, and then three days in Gallaspire, that's 11. Right. So we're nearly at two weeks. Yeah. I mean, not that that's a whole lot better, but you know. <laughs> no, no, not, not this whole lot better. Not a whole lot better. Yeah. So I, I think that calculation is off, uh, unless I, I'm completely misremembering, which could entirely be the case. I don't think you are. I, I'm I'm pretty with you on on your your numbering there. So Keisha Keys gives us the rundown mm-hmm. uh, that you know vigil was this unexpected thing that nobody had seen before. Demons and other predators are attacking the dead, and the psychopomps are slow to react because the boneyard is you know suddenly overrun with all this stuff. So then they get their shit together and they react, and then they're like, "Man, we got to put an end to this." So we're going after Tarbafon, and then they go after Tarbafon and. Kishikish doesn't know how many days he's been in there, which I think is, you know, closer to 10 days than it is five. So that makes his story of where he's like, I don't remember. It was this. It was that. I was blacked out. I wasn't feeling out. You know, it makes that make a little more sense and drag a little longer. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, (laughs) our genus goes, hey, do you remember Umble and Thoot? (laughs) (sighs) That was Vipera, Tom. Vipera. Not our genus. Different character. Yeah. I I actually no, I, messaged Alex I love about the name dropping. too. Because Teawith didn't recognize Keisha Keish. And, and I thought all of the characters had to go through the same way stations. But apparently they don't. No. I, Umble and Thoot, I believe, did bring our genus. There was a connection to Umble and Thoot with him, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Which I can't, I, I, I can't swear to. It's been a while. Yeah. But yeah, I, no, I, 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 in fact, Alex I think they it. saved him specifically in the flashback. I think he was, yeah, he was walking in vigil with the crazy Grotus Moon, and I think that was the the Umble and Thoot showed up to beat things back and take him to safety. I think, if I again, if I remember correctly, right. But um, yeah, yeah, because I I'd asked Alex about you know if, if they have to walk the dead roads, why didn't they go through the the way stations? And apparently, the dead roads aren't just one little stretch. It just depends on where you are in the boneyard and where on the material plane you start and end. Because uh, he said there's there's practically an infinite number of routes and different way stations. It's just even though it the, always looks like just one one lane highway yeah, stretching off into oblivion. The, the particular path they took, they needed to go through the Palace of Teeth, Nine Eaves, and the Scriptorium. <laughs> the Scriptorium. Yeah. Uh, so apparently that was just a unique path for them specifically, and not everyone would would go through those particular places, or even have to get all the certifications they had to get the seals and all that garbage. Yeah, it looks like some people have it easier. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you know it? Yeah. <sighs> but uh, yeah, okay. At this point, they do use the the stake. They do use the stake. Oh, and I I want to make one other thing that's important is Keisha Keish. The last time. Utrid contacted him. Teoblith was paying attention over his shoulder or something because mm-hmm. uh, they were on watch when he got the return message and he replied, which, as right. I recall, was back like right after they met Teoblith, maybe or something. It was so, their very first watch together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was that means it's you know 
day one with Tia Blith. So again, you know, tying into that, that timeline. Right. And then, yeah. Go, and yeah. He brings out the, the, the stake, the iron stake. Yeah. Which, and just, yeah. just like you said, we'd have to wait and see it in action to understand how it works. Yep. So he stabs it through his hand. He takes one point of bleed per round for 10 rounds because it's a full minute. And then it activates, and then they can start healing. But you were right that if he takes any amount of healing, it ends the bleed and ends the effect. So they have to heal him last. Yes. And obviously AOE heals won't work. That would jack things up, yeah. Yeah, because I I think the the stake only gives you like a 10-foot radius. Was it only 10 foot? I thought it was more than that. It's not a big radius, I don't think. Um, Let me check. I have a thing. All right, well, Toast is checking her thing. Yes, magic stake. Impale it through your hand. You immediately start taking one bleed each round. The stake takes one full minute after this to turn on, so uh, it takes 10 HP. It's a 10 HP activation cost. Once it turns on, it remains on for one minute. During this time, the stake must remain in your hand where it continues to deal one bleed damage. While it's on, all healing made in a 10-foot radius around the stake is calculated normally. Um, since magic healing stops bleed, if the person who activates the ta- stake takes magical healing, this ends the effect. Hmm. So the person that uses the stake can only benefit from the full healing once. Okay. Yeah. Although it says magical healing. If they did like a treat deadly wounds on them, they might be able to get more. But I don't know if that's halved from the Galaspire aura. His The healing hands is, but I don't. Yeah, see that w- that sounds like we're diving into one of those. Uh, this is real niche. Yeah, <laughs> niche the, yeah, yeah, and we're gonna find out that all we're doing is saving ourselves like five hit points if it works. Yeah, so it's not much, but I, I think at this point any HP is worth getting if they can get it. But well, the way they're playing, you bet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and then we have another one of these little segments where Uchra oh. uses the the parapet of health right from the panoply. Yes. And he doesn't want to explain how he got it. Not the parapet. He doesn't want to explain how he got the iron stake. Right. Or periopt. Sorry, periopt. Right? I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know that one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he doesn't want to explain where he got it. And, again, they kind of deflect it because they don't want Teoboth to know who Arasni is or that they know her. Right. Which yeah. is... And we go. he goes right to the sense motive. Which, yeah, as I discovered last time, according to Paizo's information, you cannot use uh, sense motive, bluff, diplomacy on another PC. I mean, you can role play and try and bluff a PC and do and and you can you know be diplomatic with another PC in role play. You cannot roll the dice and have that affect the other PC because they get to decide that no, they don't believe what you're telling them, regardless of what you roll. Because mm. it is... Where was that? Uh, that that's like, in like, the... It's in the FAQ. Oh, okay. When you look it up, and it's about taking away a player's... Um, Agency? Yes, thank you. That was the word I was yeah. looking for. So those things don't... And NPCs can't do that to PCs either. I mean, they could they could make a bluff check and say, ah, you, you know, this is what you feel or whatever. But you right. can't actually make the PC think, oh, everything's fine, if the PC That's... doesn't actually think everything's fine. And you can't use this kind of stuff to 
ferret information out of a PC to force a PC to tell you something that they don't want to share or aren't right. ready to share yet or whatever. That makes sense. It's probably uh, probably the best way to deal with it. Just you can't roll these dice on for these skills here. I mean, it's I, I get what they're doing. I, I would hope that they would co- just have come up with a better thing, which is, you know, you just have to role play this crap all the time. There's no yeah. rolling the dice and saying, well, I didn't say anything, you know, clever. So, but look, the dice say I did. So there, you have to believe me. You know, I mean, they just should have tossed those puppies and made them role play all the time. And then it it's, you know, completely interaction of the, of the party members or interaction of party members and NPCs or, you know, I mean, whatever it, still it is. is. I think the dice just try and, uh, well, the dice try and quantify it, right? They try and give you a quantify yeah. that like, you know, out the how, gate, how, I just sound like a really honest guy or I come off as yeah. I'm super diplomatic. I've always got a good angle and I, you know, whatever. Yeah. I work and these great deals they, and everyone's happy. Yeah. And it doesn't mean they always believe you or always disbelieve you or whatever. It's just a starting point. It's a reference, I think, for, for both the GM and, and the players. Right. The The only thing I find is that when your starting point is like, I don't know, 37 and my starting <laughs> point is, I don't know, 20 people tend to think, well, I can tell you're lying to me. It's like, great. You might be able to tell, but you can't prove it. <laughs> right. But I mean, to me, it, it, it just, that sort of thing where I rolled it, I should get it lends yeah. itself to gaming strife. Whereas if you pushed it all into the role play, then, you know, there has to be some, you know, the players right. themselves have to adjudicate it. You can't point to the dice and go, I did it. I did it. Which, you know, I have not been at tables where people have done that mm. much, mm. much, often. Okay. <laughs> Daily. Daily. Every time I game. No, I'm teasing. Teasing folks. <laughs> it's only when I play with Toast. Yep. She does that. She rolls the dice and then demands. Yeah, that's always, that's me. Always demanding. And uh, demanding we end this episode right now. <laughs> oh! And that does it for us this week. You can find us and the players on the Inspired Incompetence Discord. Links can be found at inspiredincompetence.com. I'm Lord Richter. (laughs) And I'm Lady Toast. See you next week. Bye. Bye. We We can totally keep recording. I just wanted to jump on that little, and I'm demanding we end it right now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that uh, <laughs> the only thing we had left really was them continuing to go north and opening a door, but that's kind of where Alex leaves it, so we didn't really have much else. <laughs> I, I was just trying to be a turkey and capitalize on that one thing, that's all. That's fine. I'm using this as our bonus thing, so it's funny. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I don't even have to move it around. <laughs> bonus content! Yay! <laughs> Yeah, I swear to God, people are going to listen to this and be like, why do we listen to these idiots? Actually, they're not going to say you're an idiot. They're going to say, why do we listen to that Lord Richter idiot? That's what, how it's going to go down. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right there with you as, as, as one of the idiots. I think you're idiot adjacent. You know, I'm the idiot, you're idiot adjacent. That's that's the way I see it. I think I'm bringing us down. That's the way I'm. I mean, that's let's be honest. That's where I'm going with this. Okay, but I don't think so. All right, we can stop recording now. All right, sounds good. <laughs>